This is the Gridiron Guys Podcast with Anthony Stalter and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Gridiron Guys with Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody joining us. It's it's the week two rapid fire quick reactions. We did this for week one. We're going to jump right in and do it for week two. And, and Kerry, I thought there were storylines galore from the weekend. I agree. It was a very good weekend so far. Why don't we start off with the Sunday night game? I think we did this last week, too, and we'll kind of work back, and then we'll give some thoughts on the Thursday night game that we didn't have an opportunity to break down, and then take a look ahead to tonight's game. We're recording this on Monday, and there's two games. There's two Monday night football games tonight, so we'll we'll take a look at that. But Dolphins hang on against the Patriots 24-17. Tua throws for 249 yards, a touchdown and a pick. I thought the game really, though, was won by Raheem Mozart, who yeah. really didn't do much last week against the Chargers. Tua threw it all over the place in week one. Belichick, as we thought, would have a better game plan for the Dolphins wide receivers, and he did. He he did a nice job against Tyreek Hill. I, I, know, I know Hill scored a touchdown, but right. it was not the free-for-all that he had against Staley's defense with the Chargers last week. I thought Mozart really won this game for him, as well as the defense. Oh, they definitely played a lot better defensively. What we talked about last week, how poor they played on defense until that last drive, getting the sack and getting off the field. Offensively, you know Bill Belichick is going to take away the one thing you do best. That that has been his M.O. his entire tenure at in, in New England, and he did that yesterday. He took away what they want to do with Tyreek Hill. He forced them to run the football, and to Raheem Mostert's credit, he rushed for 121 yards and two touchdowns, had a 40-yard touchdown, uh, and, and credit to the Dolphins for being willing to give him the ball and just stick with the running game, not shy away from it. The 40-yard run obviously helps, but they did a very good job offensively. And I, I, I like this Dolphins team. They are more complete than maybe I thought after last week. You know, like I said, the defense was, was struggling last week against that Chargers team. But, again, it's a cross-country trip. You fly back home. You fly north. A lot of things going on for the Dolphins in this last week. But I thought they played really well. And Tua Tungvaloa doing what he does. He, he had a really good game. I'm excited about what I see, and I'm I, as as quirky as as um, the head coach Mike, Mike McDaniel, McDaniel. Mike yeah. McDaniel is. He, he's he's extremely, smart. He's extremely quirky, yeah. but he is extremely smart, and he does understand how to attack a defense. And I like this Dolphins team. I think they are they are. Uh, in my opinion, in the driver's seat in the AFC East. Yeah, this this is why I like the the Dolphins to win the AFC East. That was that was my prediction coming in, and we talked about it last week. I said, you know, Vic Fangio will fix this defense, yeah. and after one week, after allowing the Chargers to do whatever they wanted, especially on the ground, Vic Fangio did slow down a Patriots offense that is limited. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not overlooking that, but nonetheless, that was a, that was a, a great turnout. But going back to Mike McDaniel. I thought it was great what he said in the postgame comments. He goes, we knew that whatever we saw last week on tape wouldn't necessarily apply to week two with the Patriots. And he's right. The Patriots are a matchup-based team. Every game plan is unique. There are certain teams in the NFL, Kerry, as you know, that will say, this This is is what we we do. (laughs) You slow us down. (laughs) And Belichick is not that way. He matches up. So last week it was a a game plan-specific matchup on both sides of the ball for the Eagles. This week, game plans, both sides of the ball for the Dolphins specifically. So I like what McDaniel said there. I think he's doing a nice job. I do too. I, like I said, I like, I really like this Dolphins team. And Tua showing that, you know, 
if he can stay healthy, if he can stay clean, getting the ball out quickly. They did a lot of RPOs yesterday where, you know, they're faking the handoff, they're faking the run and throwing it to receivers and making some good plays. I, I really like the game plan for the uh, for the Miami Dolphins yesterday. I thought they did a really good job. And it's it's going to be exciting to watch this team play. Now, they had two road games. Yeah. They're going to get to go home, and they're going to be playing teams. It's still a little warm uh-huh. down in South Florida. So it's an advantage. You could be looking at a team that's 4-0, and 5-0, uh, going into you know the, the the second quarter of the season, I agree. So the game that had a little controversy, some excitement and some controversy. The Commanders they win thirty five to thirty three over the Broncos. Russell Wilson throws a hail mary that was batted all around and wound up in uh, a receiver's hands there for for Denver, and then they missed the two point conversion. Yeah, yeah. I got I got two two kind of distinct thoughts on this one because the controversy comes in where you say, okay, well, was it a flag? Was it a pass interference or not? Throw the flag. That was pass interference. It was. But I don't want to hear from Denver today. No. I do not want to hear from the Broncos. No. Don't put yourself in a spot where you're up 18 and you turn a ball over us and you allow Washington to come back and you needed a Hail Mary to, and a two-pointer. put yourself in the chance to give to yourself a chance to win the game. So throw the flag. That was yeah. pass interference. But yeah. I, I don't want to hear that from Denver today. Can we talk about the Washington Commanders, though? Like, can we wow. can we give them, like, as much as we talked about Eric Bieniemy and what he was or was not in Kansas City, I think he was, and I think he is. I think that this offense has figured some things out. You got Chase Young back on the field who is getting after quarterbacks, Montez Sweat. Those guys are a problem on the ends of opposing offensive lines. They're making a race to see who can get to the quarterback first. Yeah, And so it's um, – it, it's – This team is surprising because I didn't expect them, especially when I looked at the score. I'm like, oh, my God, they're getting their butts kicked to the the Denver Broncos, who offensively, Russell Wilson, may have been his best game that I've seen in a Broncos uniform. Mims looks good. It was, I mean, by far and away, the best game I've seen him play in a Broncos uniform. 308 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I thought he did a good job, but I want to give more credit to the Washington Commanders because I really, I was not, and I say this loud and 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 pr- I was not a fan or did not think highly of Sam Howell. Yeah, I don't know if I still, I, I I'm still on the fence, but I I do I do want to give a lot of credit to Eric Bieniemy because I think without him, that team does not win that game this week or last week, and so I, I'm I'm gonna give a little bit of credit to those guys for for. Fighting through adversity and continuing and finishing, finishing it and winning the game. I don't, I don't believe in them yet. I don't buy in them yet. But nonetheless, Washington is two and zero, playing Arizona and then Denver yesterday. All right, it's so a great hour, guys. We're going through our rapid reactions every game in Week Two that has been played this far. We'll stick with the late games first. The Cowboys thirty to ten over the Jets. No surprise here without Aaron Rodgers and. And without really, I mean, Brees Hall did nothing. Dallas's defense is legit, and we knew that coming in. I thought Philadelphia had the best defense coming into the season. I thought Dallas was number two. I might have to flip that at some point. They they played the Giants and the Jets, so the, the schedule will get a little tougher moving yeah. forward here. But nonetheless, that Jets offensive line did no favors to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson mistake prone again. And I thought Dak Prescott kind of methodically took apart the Jets' elite secondary yeah. yesterday. But I, other than that, I don't know what other takeaway I had. That game kind of played out like most of us expected it to. So for me, I would give credit to Mike McCarthy 
for making the bold decision to re- remove Kellen Moore from his OC position and saying, I'm going to take over the place. This is essentially him saying, you all want to fire me? You're going to damn fire me with me calling the plays and see how that goes. Because he didn't like the the – I guess the the flow of the game and how things went with Kellen Moore. So he's calling the offense. Dak Prescott is taking care of the football, which that helps. That defense for Dallas is amazing. And I know they played two teams that maybe the offensive line a little shaky. They got some shaky offensive lines in the, in the yeah. city of New York, the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, you, you might be on the waiver wire trying to find some guys to help you out. Not great offensive lines, but what they're doing defensively, creating pressure, it, it, Micah Parsons is a man amongst men, and it's fun to watch him play. The issue that I had, if I'm the Jets, Anthony Stalter, they signed Dalvin Cook in the offseason. Man, he's going to be they, – they had Brees Hall, who would have been the rookie of the year had he not gotten injured. You know how many carries they had between the two of them? Between the two of them combined? Yeah. Uh, probably 12. Eight. Oh, wow. Between the two of them, the, between the – the Michael Carter, who's the third running back, yeah. they had 10. Oh, wow. 10 carries for your run. They're taking the running backs don't matter to an all-new level there in, <laughs> with the New York Jets, right? They, Which should be the opposite <laughs> with the Jets. They, I mean, they are, should be they all running backs. They are literally saying, eh, this is fantasy football. What the hell we need a running back for? Right. Who in the hell gives Brees Hall four carries? Yeah. Who in the hell gives Dalvin Cook four carries? What the hell are they there for? Yeah. You're putting yourself, now you're going to have to throw the ball 27 times with Zach Wilson, you're not going to win that game. So, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are elite defensively, but the Jets didn't do themselves any justice by running the ball 10 times with their running backs. Zach Wilson was their leading ball carry, leading rusher, five carries for 36 yards. Come on, man. And, and I know Dalvin Cook fumbled. I, fine, but put the ball in Brees Hall's hands then. Four times? I mean, uh, what do you what do you got, load management? Because he played in Buffalo on Four played against Buffalo on Monday? I mean, that's Come brutal. Come on, man. Yeah, like, that was ugly. You, you're not trying to put yourself in a position to compete, compete if you're only going to give your running backs eight carries, ten right. carries between the three of them. And part of it was, okay, you know, the game kind of got away from you a little bit. But look. You know, Dallas was only up seven seven nothing in the first quarter, and the big touchdown to Garrett Wilson kept the Jets in it yeah. early. So I again, I can't imagine the game plan was let's not run the ball well, because that's going to have to be the game the plan there? going forward. Nathaniel Hackett, okay, well, yeah, next. Well, <laughs> as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, Nathaniel Hackett was. I mean, it, you knew you're you're screwed there. Mm. All right, one of the more more entertaining games of the day was in Glendale, Arizona. The Giants <laughs> fell behind twenty to nothing. In the at, at halftime, they came out. They had a huge play to Jalen Hyatt and scored a touchdown to make it twenty to seven after the half. So that was the first touch. That was the first points the Giants scored. It came. It came in the third quarter, early in the third quarter in Arizona yesterday. Yeah. But the Cardinals strike right back. They score a touchdown. Joshua Jobs uh, Dobbs, excuse me, run impressive run for him. He scores a touchdown. They go for two. They get it. So, so the Giants are down twenty eight to seven, and then they methodically just start coming back, and they wind up winning thirty one to twenty eight. I got to give. I know Arizona stinks. They well, somebody should hard. tell Arizona that they fought hard the last two weeks now. <laughs> somebody should tell them that. I know Arizona stinks. They're playing hard, but I thought Daniel Jones. Yeah. Had a little swagger to him yesterday, CD. I thought he he had a little. All right, screw it, let's go. Yeah, he he ran. He threw some bullets. He threw passes into tight windows and completed them. He threw deep. 
He did everything he 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 needed to yeah. do and could do within that game to bring the the car, the uh, Giants back. And I don't I don't have the Giants winning. I don't have the Giants making the playoffs. Right. But if you're just looking at it from the Giants' perspective, he saved their season early on here. Oh, he definitely did. And and you know, hats off to them, uh, Brian Dayball, Dayball, but for for getting them to figure some things out because they were stinking. I mean, you you've given up what is that sixty points in six quarters between the first two games? That's not great. It's not a recipe for success. And they finally figured some things out. Somebody got to tell the Arizona Cardinals that they're tanking for Caleb Williams because I don't know that Joshua Dobbs got that menu, <laughs> got that <laughs> memo. Message, yeah. He didn't get the memo. <laughs> no one told him that we're going to tank and, and we're going to trade Kyler Murray at the end of the year and we're going what for Caleb doing, Williams. Josh? What are you doing, Joshua? <laughs> Listen, I actually like what the Arizona Cardinals did. Minus finishing the game with the win, mm-hmm. I thought that the, the Giants would win that game. I thought that they were the better team. They showed up in the second half. They got the victory. Saquon Barkley did leave that game with a uh, look like a sprained ankle. Got rolled up on pretty badly. But yeah, he slammed down his helmet yeah, there. That's going to be you interesting. Can, you can. I, I hate that type of tackle. I yeah. will never ever agree when a guy yanks you down and falls on your leg. It's it's a dangerous tackle. But all in all. I thought that Daniel Jones did finally show up. He showed, you know, people have been questioning, why is he making this amount of money per year? Well, there's why. He's able One to run week, it. Yeah. He's able to spend it a little bit. As long as he can get guys that will catch the ball cons- consistently and make plays downfield, this giant team has a chance to win games. And they, they showed that yesterday. Jonathan Goodwin, um, uh, Gannon, excuse me, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. came from Philly. Yep. The other coordinator that came from Philly was Shane Steichen. Yep. And the Colts win 31 to 20 in Houston. Game wasn't even that close and no. Anthony Richardson got knocked out in the first half uh with a with a concussion. At least you're showing concussion symptoms. He never came back in. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew took over. CJ Stroud threw for 384 yards and two touchdowns, but and I'm not taking anything away from the rookie cuz he, he's got a you know, he's he, he's he's got to continue to improve each and every week. But this game wasn't close at all. Right. So you got you got Shane Steichen in Indy and Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, and thus far, those two teams that are expected to be drafting somewhere in the top five right. are playing pretty hard. They I, are. So far, I know it's early, but so far these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, the Colts had a chance last week against the Jaguars and, and was were unable to finish. And then you go in and beat the Titans, I mean the Texans this week. Uh, the hit that Anthony Richardson took, I think he'll learn from that because he didn't have to lower his shoulder or get engaged Ready, with the man. defender He's... at all. Just run into the end zone. He'll put yeah. you in your back. You'll be able to protect yourself when you slide or fall down. I, I, he'll learn from that. But Anthony Richardson is really good. Mm. And I honestly – I have to take back what I said because I wasn't – I didn't know. I didn't see enough of him. I thought he's one of those combine workout warriors that you get so fascinated with when guys are in shorts and T-shirts. Right. And you don't really know. But his character, I think, is outstanding. And his play is is a very high level for a young player, understanding where the ball needs to go, understanding when to take off and run. Now he has to learn how to protect himself when he does run so he doesn't run into those issues. But – I really like um, I really like Anthony Richards, and I like this this Indianapolis Colts team. Thought they did a really good job winning that game. All right, moving moving forward here, we're, we're in the early games. We're doing some instant reaction. Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter, the Bucks twenty seven to seventeen over the Bears. They're now two and zero. They beat two AFC NFC North teams through the Bucks. One in the on the road last week in Minnesota. They they win the home game yesterday. Things got things got kind of close mm-hmm. in that game. Fields had the ball with the um, had the ball, and the Bears only down three, just under four minutes to play. Then he throws a pick six. 
to me, this game, one one thought on the box, credit them because they because they won. Right. That defense is still pretty good yes. for Tampa. So that's yep. that's number one. I I undersold. I think I undersold Tampa because I I thought they were going to have just a miserable year, and maybe yeah. they still will. But that defense is going to keep them in games. That's that's my takeaway for the Bucks. The takeaway for the the Bears, though, again, I'm, I might be a, a broken record here. Justin Fields is a pretty good fantasy player. Yes. I have not seen Justin Fields mature from a passing standpoint to suggest that the Bears are are wholly improved from a year ago. Right. They look just like the same the same group. And Fields showing that pick six, the flaws in his game are still there. You know, when they for, when a team forces him to stay in the pocket and and limit his rushing ability, that's what you get. 16 of 29, 211 yards, a touchdown, two picks, Gary. I, I think we have to remember, I, I think we thought Justin Fields would take a step this year offensively with the addition of DJ Moore. But we got to remember this team had the number one overall pick for exactly. a reason. <laughs> they traded it away to Carolina, but they did indeed have, which means they were the worst team in football last year. And so, yeah, it, it, it's not great for Justin Fields right now. And I think hopefully he can p- continue to progress and grow in this game. And I like that he got the DJ Moore six times for 100 yards. That was nice. That's good to see. You want to see now DJ Moore needs that complimentary receiver. Is it Cole Komet at tight end? Is it ever going to be Chase Claypool? He had a decent game yesterday, yeah, but he he's not what they projected him to be when he was drafted uh, by the Steelers. But I got to give credit to Baker Mayfield and the fact that he is – you You talked about being good or being great. You know who is still great? Mike damn Evans. He yeah, is a he baller. Off. He is – he's older in, in, in his – this is what, year eight, year nine for him? He is, he is well – into his career and has done a fantastic job and continues to do a fantastic job. And Baker Mayfield said, you know what? No one believed in me. Everybody thought we were going to be vying for Caleb Williams as well. The hell with that. All of these quarterbacks are like, nah, Caleb, you figure out what the hell you're going to do next year. You know, I see your face. I see your face. But let me tell you, if he can hand the ball off to Rashad White and he can find Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those guys are still – Still really good football players. The only reason you didn't believe in the Buccaneers this season, not because of defense, not because of the skill positions, but because of Baker Mayfield, at quarterback, or Kyle Trask. You didn't know which one it would be. Baker? Eh. I think Baker gets a bad rap, too. You know why? No, it's just, it's oh, just, boy. It just popped into my head. Because he, he played for the Browns. He got a little bit of Johnny Manziel-ish in him. And so people kind of put those two together. They were drafted right after one another. You kind of think that they are the same person, like an extended Johnny Manziel. But he's not. He's Baker. He took his team to the playoffs, didn't he? Yeah. Sure he did. He ran Odell out of town, but sure he did. <laughs> right? This guy's okay. No? He's com- he's competitive. He's <laughs> exactly. also limited. Yeah, well, he's li- you know what? You Carrie, know what? Listen. Let's have this conversation next week when they face Philadelphia. If I am a quarterback and I get to choose if I can throw it to Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin, I, I call me limited all you want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw them the damn ball no matter the coverage. Yeah. Go make a play for me, big dog. He faced Minnesota and he faced Chicago thus far. I agree. He's got Philly. See what, see what happens next week. He's got Philly at home Monday night, and then they're in New Orleans before a bye. Well, so we're not worried about New Orleans. Are we? New Orleans defensively is at least decent. They're they're better in Chicago. So are and you? Minnesota. Are you? Hey, did you watch? New, we'll get to New Orleans. Well, they play t- tonight. Did you watch New Orleans last week? Defensively, they're did fine. Did you watch them offensively? Offensively, they suck. What are they suck. doing? Sixteen points. Their man? offensive line is is bad. Come on. We'll get to the Saints. Okay. <laughs> 
Shaky bakey. Get in my face with shaky bakey. All right, the Chiefs 17 to 9. Uh, rapid reaction on this. One, Chiefs defensively, defensively, they put together two good games now, Kerry. Yeah. They did not lose that game uh, on Thursday Night Football last week because of their defense. Right. Everybody like, oh, the defense and this. Uh, that's a young defense, and I said this last week, that's going to get better each and every week. Yeah. And they had Chris Jones yesterday, and Chris Jones does what? He comes up with a big sack and a big-time play, big-time moment, and really kind of solidifies things for Kansas City. So that's my takeaway there. And I'm not worried about this offense. I know that, you know, they scored 20 points last week against Detroit and 17 yesterday. The offense is going to be fine. Yeah. They'll start hanging 30 on the board moving forward here. I thought the two, the big takeaways the last two weeks of the Chiefs is that their defense has played well because that Jacksonville offense is pretty good. And they shut down Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and ETN didn't do anything. Calvin Ridley, after the big week one performance, now he's not facing Houston's corners. He got shut <laughs> down. It was really Kirk, Christian Kirk. You know, they played more zone, so Christian Kirk got more involved. But Jacksonville, nine points at home in a prove-it game? That was rough. It was. But you do have to take your, your hat off to the defense of, of Kansas City. Absolutely. When you talk about... The impact of Chris Jones. We saw last week, you know, they played well, but he is a difference maker. A couple of those sacks that the that the Chiefs got, Chris Jones didn't make them, but he is forcing the quarterback to move and maneuver because of his constant pressure. And so you add that guy, a, a, a defensive potential defensive player of the year, it makes your defense that much better up front and makes your defense on the back end better because now the quarterback has less time to get the ball out of his hands. You're talking about uh, Christian Kirk. I told you last week, I didn't expect him to only have four targets. He had four, three targets in week one, one catch. Yeah. He had 14 damn targets. Yeah. I, I'm sure he was he was at uh, he was at Trevor Lawrence's locker like, hey, you remember me? Yeah. Before we signed that guy, I was your guy. Yeah. Come to me. <laughs> Give me the damn ball. We don't do that no more. Yeah. So it, he faced I, a lot of zone. Man, it was man to man in week one. And it was a lot of zone yesterday. And. He he feasted. They are they are the Jacksonville Jaguars will be okay. That was just I mean the Kansas City Chiefs are the better team. And as you said, uh, I don't I don't have too much worry about the offense from the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey will get back into the flow of things. He'll be in more snaps. He'll have more opportunities. He'll make more plays, and then that offense will be running yep. uh, full steam like it always has. All right, this was a wild game. Seattle thirty seven, Detroit thirty one. I do not if if you're a Lions fan last week. For as great as you felt, you felt on top of the world when Mm -hmm. they go to Kansas City and win. I don't blame you if you're as ticked off today as you were (laughs) excited last week. The Lions are going to be fine. That's a good team. Kerry, let me me run through these these numbers. These are the numbers I care about. Third down efficiency, 6 of 11. Good. Yards per play, 6.5. Yards per pass attempt, 8.5. They beat Seattle in, in in all three of those those three fundamental statistics, mm-hmm. okay? Here's where they lost the game. Three turnovers. Seattle did not turn the ball over. Detroit turned the ball over three times. You cannot lose that game. If you don't turn the ball over, Detroit's 2-0 right, right now. So you're the Lions. You have to feel good about the offense. The defense was put in some bad spots at times. But credit Geno Smith. If he faced if he faced Aaron Glenn and his defense every week, Geno Smith, who's had a rebound career, he would be a Hall of Famer because he <laughs> he loves that defense. I, I think I agree with you in the terms of the turnovers. Uh, Jared Goff threw his first 
interception in like a year. Exactly. Three hundred and eighty some odd uh, pass attempts. It, it was a it was a it was a bad play, but good play by the DB. You put the ball on the ground, David Montgomery. He he is carted off with an injury, so maybe you'll see more of Jameer Gibbs. I'm not. I wouldn't be too concerned about what this the Lions' offense, though. I think maybe you need to clean some things up defensively, and I think that was one of the concerns that they had going into this year. I, I truly believe they were going to draft a cornerback, but the cornerback that they won in, in Devin Witherspoon was off the board, and so they went with the best player available in Jameer Gibbs. And so I, I think that they'll be okay, um, but I don't know who wins that NFC North. I mean, because this is a Green Bay team that I think is still pretty good, and you know, but we'll see. I, I'm but. I did like what I do like the Detroit Lions, and you'd have to give credit to uh, the Seattle Seahawks bouncing back after that tough loss last week. Yeah, didn't look good at all. No, they looked confused offensively to mm-hmm. the tune of Geno passing for like 140 yards, something like that. He threw for 328 and had two touchdowns yesterday, so he figured some things out offensively. Um, I still would like to see them run the ball better yeah. with Kenneth Walker. He had two touchdowns, but you're right. He, it wasn't. It's not. It was like empty. It, it was like yeah, empty calories. Empty calories. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen carries, forty-three yards. Not a lot of, not much to do about nothing there uh, in the run game. So yeah. they got to figure that out. But uh, Geno Smith is is he, man. He, you just keep tipping your cap to Geno because yeah. he's gonna figure out a way. He's done a good job. He yeah. he also he also took a sack that he backed himself all the way up. I thought it was gonna cost him the game. Yeah. At one point, but uh, you kind of take the good and the bad with that. Ravens twenty-seven, Bengals twenty-four. I keep saying it. I keep saying it, Kerry. There's something off about this Cincinnati team. I pointed out the defensive stuff in the off season. You lose you lose both of your safeties. Jesse Bates had two interceptions for the for the Falcons in Week One. You know you lose him. You lost uh, the the other safety, Von Bell. Yeah. The, there's going to be so there's changes, right? Yep. Offensively. Joe Burrow, because of the calf injury, did not play in preseason. So and and people kept telling me, oh well, it was the bet, you know, it was the rain in in Cleveland, yeah. and you know they're they're going to be fine. They did score twenty four points yesterday, but he threw a bad interception when they were going into the end zone. In fact, I don't know what the hell the Ravens corner was doing the one side. He he picked. He had a nice pick. Yeah, ball thrown right to him, but he had a nice pick, and then he. I thought he was going to take it to the house. He kind of went. He kind of went out of <laughs> to bounds. A bad like, angle, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, the Ravens good. That's our. That's that's our Super Bowl team. Yep. We we have the Ravens and the Niners. So great. I'm glad that the Ravens won. Fantastic. But again, Cincinnati's the bigger storyline here. I know they started off 0 2 last week or last season, but now Joe Burrow's dealing with the calf injury again. There's something off about this Cincinnati team. I don't like the running game. Jamar Chase was kind of absent yesterday. Yep. The Higgins was the, the the star with eight catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns. I think what we're seeing is real with the Bengals. Well, I think what you're seeing is an injured quarterback who is unable to make the throws that he normally is. And and in football and in all sports, everything starts from the ground up. Everyone assumes you're a quarterback. Oh, you got to have this big, strong, powerful arm. No, you got to be able to move your feet and step into throws and yeah. get the ball onto the receivers in a timely manner. And right now, throws seem a little bit late. A little bit out of place com- in compared to where we are normally or, or accustomed to seeing Joe Burrow put the ball. And then there's a couple of times J- Jamar Chase had a had a touchdown in the end zone. He let the ball get ripped out of his hand. So there, it's a it's all of the things are taking place at once. Jamar Chase has ten catches for seventy yards this year. Hmm. That that's a that's a halfway decent game for him. So. I think they'll figure something out. Hopefully, Joe Burrow did leave. Leave. Uh, he didn't leave the game, but he, he after the game he was complaining of a little bit of soreness. So we'll see if he's able to take this few days and get healthy and be ready to roll on Sunday. But I, I I'm not as concerned with 
the uh, Cincinnati Bengals as maybe you are. I think they'll be okay. And on the Ravens side, I probably have more concern than I should for a 2-0 La- team. I thought Lamar looked good yesterday. Yeah, but I I was thinking, you know, you get this new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you get Zay Flowers, you get Odell, you still got Mark Andrews, you get a healthy Rashad Bateman. I was expecting more explosive plays down the field, stretching the field, finding guys open, making plays. It wasn't terrible. It was good. But I think I, I think my mind is expecting more. And maybe that'll come, you know, here in the next couple of weeks. I yeah. just want to see more explosive plays uh from this from this Ravens offense. Yeah, I thought Lamar was efficient. That- yeah, I mean, no, I again I don't think he twenty four for thirty three, uh two hundred and thirty seven yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. I think that's a good game. Ran the ball well. But I think Lamar has a three hundred and fifty yard game in him, three touchdowns, sure, eighty yards rushing. That's the that's my level of expectation for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it hasn't popped yet. I'll yeah. get, you're right. I'll give you that. Uh, by the way, I skipped over. We were doing the late games first. I skipped over the Niners, thirty to twenty three. I thought that was a very like take care of business game for the Niners. Yeah, They're, they the Rams made it a game early. It was seventeen to ten before half. But Brock Purdy and the Niners offense goes down the field before half and ties it up. Second half, I, I thought the 49ers were clearly the better team. It's a divisional game on the road. You know, you're coming off two straight road games now. If you're if you're the Niners, I thought they were efficient and solid, and like just overall, they look like the best team in the league. The Rams, once again, the Rams got some players. Yeah, I mean, Kerwin Williams, the running back, had another big game yesterday. Uh, Nakua. 16, 15 catches for 147 yards, the rookie. Tutu Atwell had a nice game again. Like the Rams are better than I thought. And you still lost, and they should lose that game. But they're better than I thought. Puka Nakua has 25 catches in two games. He set, I think he, he set the, the record, didn't he? Yeah. It, it is. That's pretty damn good. I mean, it, somebody might want to figure out how to cover him. And and if not, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a hell of a record breaking type of season. No kidding. But I think I agree with you. The the 49ers did it was workmanlike. They're they are I think they're a team that can find ways to win in a mul- in multiple ways, which is dangerous for opponents because Brock Purdy didn't have to have a three hundred yard game. He threw two hundred eight yards, zero touchdowns, but also zero interceptions. Yeah. He rushed for a touchdown, Debo rushed for a touchdown, Christian McCaffrey had hundred and sixteen yards and rushed for a touchdown. So and that defense is going to going to find ways to get to the ball. They they just make it happen. They turned over Stafford twice uh, with two picks, and so they are going to find a way to get to the ball, get to the ball carrier, and make plays. It was workmanlike, but I loved it because when they needed to make a stop, they made a stop. When they needed to make a play, they made a play, both offensively and defensively. And that's why I think this is going to be a really good team this season. Kerry, <laughs> Chargers lose again. Well, this. It's Monday. This it's, time of the Titans. It just was Sunday. What do you, what do you expect? 27-24. Credit Mike Frabel's team for figuring out a way to beat an opponent that, quite frankly, is better than you and play outplayed you in a lot of regards yesterday. I mean, Justin Herbert, he won the problem. Three, 305 yards, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen destroyed Tennessee, which is a, is a uh, pass-funnel team. Mm-hmm. Gonna, they they, they want to stop the run. They force teams to throw, and the Chargers did. But credit the Titans for winning. Dude, the Chargers roster is talented. I'm not saying it's the most talented roster known to me. It's up there. It's a, it's a talented roster. Mm-hmm. And this team finds new ways to lose games. So so you can't blame uh, Justin Herbert. I, Austin Eckler didn't play. He was out. Yeah, he was out. So 
I mean, maybe you 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 tip it there, you lean that way. But they did throw the ball extremely well. Keenan Allen did have a great game. Mike Williams, and he's healthy. He's a really good receiver. That defense is really good. Who? <laughs> how, <laughs> how do you lose to the Titans? You, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how. You ready? Sure. And I and I felt like it was bad watching the game. This is the first time I'm looking at the numbers. They were three. The Chargers were three of three on fourth down. Okay. So okay. anytime they went for it, they got it. You know what they were on third down? Oh, not very good. If you went for fourth, went for it on fourth down three times, two of fourteen. Yeah, that's, they that's were two terrible. of fourteen on third. So your offense, the Titans, the Titans defensively was forcing you to get off the field on third downs. So you couldn't sustain anything. Your touchdown, your touchdown drives. If I, I, I imagine, if you're two of fourteen on third downs, you you scored, you know, relatively quickly on plays. But they weren't efficient overall. The Chargers are gonna, this coaching staff led by Brandon Staley. They're going to waste this talent that they have. If they don't, if they don't figure it out soon, I, I I think we already may be there. We may already be there. It's they're not a good. They're a good team. They're a good group of players, but they're not a good team. And I think that's what you could say or would say about the Los Angeles Chargers. They're good just time. a good group of individuals collectively, but as a team, they're yeah. not. They're not really a good team. They don't. They find this is the one team. It's probably the only team that I can think of in the past few years that finds a way to lose games. Most teams find a way to win games. Oh, they found a way. They pulled it out of nowhere. No, they, they, they find ways to lose games, and they should not have lost that game to Tennessee yeah. yesterday. That, that, that's just not a game you should lose. Uh, I'll call this game the all-is-right-in-the-world-again game. 38-10, to 10, the Bills beat the Raiders. This one makes sense. <laughs> Buffalo loses on Monday night. They look terrible. Josh Allen, leave him for dead. Well, he bounces back 274 yards, three touchdowns. James Cook. James Cook, 17 carries, 123 yards, and Gabe Davis, uh, a nice matchup going in, and he took advantage of it. And the Raiders look like the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo, key early interception there, threw another pick late, um, or third quarter, and Buffalo winds up destroying them in the second half and running away with this one. I need somebody to tell me the last time the Buffalo Bills had a 100-yard rusher. Like, I, I don't— Thurman Thomas. I mean, no, and it, maybe— <laughs> Late nineties, <laughs> I, I, I don't 90s. know. Early nineties, I don't know. You still, I don't know the last time they had. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Dev, Devin Singletary probably sure got it, yeah. but it's few and far between. Yeah. Like this is, they decided to run the football to the tune of 183 yards on 35 carries. Now, James Cook had 17 of those, and Josh Allen only had three. Yeah, and guess what? He took care of the football. He didn't turn it over. He didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't fumble it, and they won the game. And this is the recipe for the for the Buffalo Bills to win not only their division but make a, a push, a playoff run uh, that could be memorable for mm-hmm. this team. They are talented. Yeah. But if you turn the ball over, and Josh Allen has been a – uh, the main culprit of that, if they don't turn it over, they got a good chance to be a really good team. The Bills are talented. They're imbalanced. They're imbalanced on both sides. To your point about the rushing, it, that was one of the things I thought cost them last year, especially against the Bengals. They weren't physical. And we'll see as the weather starts to turn in a couple of months, whether or not they are physical, the more physical team. But for one week, they got they, they, they had to win yesterday against the Raiders, and they did. They did. Uh, last game on the Sunday docket, and we'll, we'll do our Thursday night look at the Eagles and the Vikings. But the Falcons storm back against the Packers. The Packers score 14 in the third quarter to the Falcons three it looked like it was going to be a runaway for yeah. Green Bay and Atlanta methodically gets gets back in the game bunch of field goals in the in the fourth quarter and storm back to win 25 to 24 what were you what were your thoughts 
<laughs> I thought Jordan Love is really good. That was my first thought. He he he's finding guys. He's finding receivers. Um, and getting guys that I didn't even know they had on their team, Dottavian Wicks, Jordan, Jaden Reed, I, I, yeah. these are guys. We've been talking about Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson right. as the lead receivers for that team. So he's finding guys. I think I thought that they would win the game because they had the better quarterback or the better players all in all on, yeah. offensively. Bijan Robinson is a stud. I think they 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 do a good job. But Desmond Ritter scares the hell out of me. And you are an Atlanta Falcons fan, and I know he scares the hell out of you. He finally found Drake London uh, yeah. yesterday, which was amazing because I, I, I still think they're looking for Kyle Pitts, though. I don't I don't know if they've been able to, to find him yet. If you have Kyle Pitts on your fantasy <laughs> team, good luck because everything's contested. Everything's contested. Anytime, anytime that Ritter is thrown to Pitts, it's contested. Yeah. He, he's not either. He's not creating enough separation, yeah. or the pass, or the the schematics are not uh, what it needs to be right now. Every, he just he has to. They have to find a way, scheme him up to get him open, get him some targets where he can catch some easy passes and get more confidence. Everything for for Kyle Pitts is like a difficult catch. He yeah. made an unbelievable catch in Week One where he had to like get get behind uh, almost. And it wasn't pass interference, but he kind of maneuvered the DB around. Like, he got around the DB just to make the catch. But everything's contested. I'll say this. I thought Ritter, at times, was downright awful yesterday. He threw. Mm. He, he could have thrown multiple. He threw one interception. Good. He should have thrown three <laughs> interceptions. One of them should have got brought back to the house. It doesn't look good. But here's the thing, Kerry. In the fourth quarter, Ritter did whatever he needed to do yeah. to pick up first downs, to keep the chains moving, and to put the Falcons in the scoring range. And Jordan Love did not complete a pass in the fourth quarter. That was that, that, that was the difference. That was the difference. And that's intriguing because Jordan Love was playing at such a high level. Oh, it was easy. All, all game long and for some reason just disappeared. F- and I, I I was surprised when I saw that the Falcons had a chance to even be in that game, knowing yes. how well Jordan Love was playing up until I'm like he's he's really balling. I think it was three and out, three and out, three and out, four and out to end the game for the Packers. That's not great. No, not great. The credit the Falcons defense they came up big again. Like the the last two weeks when they've had to make a stop, they've had to, they've they've made the stop. And I I'm watching this game and I'm like Ritter's terrible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like. Wow, Ritter's kind of this a gamer. This guy doesn't suck. He's kind of a gamer. Like he's not good, but he's kind of a gamer. And and teammates love him. He got to the sidelines at one point, and and Green Bay fans who travel very well, they must have been giving it to him yeah. after he he ran he ran one in on a fourth down. Yeah, he ran yeah, a touchdown in. It was like fourth and four, mm-hmm. and he 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 wound up running it in. And then he got to the sidelines, and this was still when the, the the Falcons were down multiple scores, and you could tell he was barking at he was barking at the uh, the stands, and I'm assuming his Packer fans were kind of riding him. He was barking. I'm like, okay, Desmond. And then he, every time he got the ball, he just it was it was a little bit of time, a little bit of time. He made some big throws to to Drake London. Mac Hollins had a, a couple of nice catches, mm-hmm. one on an underthrow and a flea flicker. But Falcons are two and zero. They are. They, they go to Detroit next week, so we'll see what they you know see what see what uh, if they can pull out a game against a time a, a Detroit team that's probably going to be ticked off. Yes, Eagles thirty eight, Vikings twenty eight. I have not been overly impressed with the Eagles. But I have to put them in the same category as the Niners, carry, yeah. where I feel like they've just kind of they've done what they've needed to do. The 49ers have been impressive. Yes. The Eagles, though, have got they've just they're winning games. They're winning games. Yeah. They 
the the, the offense is not clicking. Yeah. Too many turnovers, yeah. but the defense is coming up with with good stops. I thought that game was going to be a bigger blowout than that, but nonetheless, the Eagles the Eagles got it Kirk, done. Kirky, he Kirk was fine. Cousins. He's he's he had, I mean, a, he had a bad he, turnover, but he's a he, he, he finds ways to find Justin Jefferson. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Eagles either. You know, they lost their two coordinators from last year, so they're still trying to. Maybe piece some things together, finding their rhythm offensively. Defensively, I think they're going to be fine. They 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 got guys that get after the quarterback, and I yeah. think they're really good in the secondary. So defensively, Kirk Cousins threw for four, uh, 300, 364 yards. I doubt that they give up that many yards to a passer uh, on a on a regular basis because they really know how to get after the the. Yeah. Get after the passer and, and played compete for the ball in the air. They didn't run the ball. The Vikings couldn't run the ball. They didn't run the ball. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that because we have been talking about running backs and the where they stand in the in the NFL today. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a stat. Every team other than the uh, Seahawks that won this past weekend rushed for over 100 yards as a team. Hmm. Every team that lost, well, not every team. Two teams rushed for over 100 yards. And I'm going to tell you which games they were because they almost won. The Broncos rushed for over 100 yards and the Cardinals rushed for over 100 yards. Two games that went down to the wire because they, guess what, ran the damn ball. Yep. Two teams that, now the Vikings, I mean the uh, Seahawks and the Lions game, man, man, that's a wash. They Nobody rushed for 100. But run the damn football, man. You win games. NFL is X. If you're listening, if you turn on the gridiron guys and you say, who in the hell is this? Kerry Davis and Anthony Stalter say, run the damn ball, man. Win game. You want to win or you want to lose? Yeah. You want to look good losing? Cool. You want to win. Right. Because I want to win. Yeah. So run the ball. Yeah. You, you the can, stats prove it. You can control games that way. Whether you're up. Now, you, now I do think you have to, you have, to have explosive plays yes. or else you're going to lose. You are. If you don't have explosive you, plays, you're going to you lose. have to be able to run the football when needed. You have to control it. The, the Jets the, the, gave the ball carriers 10 carries. Perfect example of the Packers. Yeah. You can't lose that game. No. You're going in the fourth quarter. You're up multiple scores. you, you got to be, be able, able to run, run the, the ball. ball. And they yeah. couldn't. No. Atlanta that's shut the, them that, down. That's the problem. All right. Tonight, we got two Monday Night Football games. We'll give you some quick thoughts here. Saints-Panthers are the first game at 6-15. Nah. What do you mean, nah? Nah. No? Yeah, flip a coin. Do you think this? Do you think the Panthers are on the on par with the Saints? I think the Saints stink offensively. Wow, I think their offensive line stinks. Well, then they stink. <laughs> the hell true. are we talking about? That's a good call. <laughs> I basically, I basically said, ah, you know what? The heart is good. <laughs> yeah, the stomach is good. They got no spine. Yeah, they can't stand up apart. straight. Yeah, yeah. they got no bones. Listen, if you can't protect the quarterback yeah. or run the ball effectively, yeah, you're probably not going to have a good team. Yeah, you're right about so, that. So I think they do have a lot of weapons. I love Olave. I love that Michael Thomas is healthy. Uh, I can't wait for Alvin Kamara to get back in the fold and, and get over his suspension. I think Jamal Williams will do a pretty good job. And I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I know a lot of people think he's just kind of pedestrian and, and just a guy, but I, I really I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I think that he is a, a really good quarterback. And with the weapons that he has, you should be excited about it now. Protect him. Keep him clean. Yep. Allow him to be able to make those plays. They should beat the Panthers. The Panthers got a rookie quarterback. He's still figuring out life, let alone football. So I think they should win this game. And the, and the Saints defense is a really good defense. So I think they should win this game. But, nah. 
It's the it's the NFC South. The Panthers easy. He's telling the truth. The <laughs> NFC South right now has got two undefeated teams. And one of which you hate, Shaky Bakey. So why are you even bringing that up? Because it works to my advantage now. <laughs> exactly. The Panthers are down. <laughs> Panthers are down both starting guards tonight. Ooh. So the Saints should be able to control this game. But yeah. I do think it's going to be like twenty three seventeen. I think I think it'll be somewhat of a game before the Saints kind of pull away. All right, Mister Steeler. You already know it, do buddy. They re- do they rebound tonight against Cleveland? They're a home oh, dog. Listen, man. They're so, I mean, it's not it's not big. It's like two points. But Cleveland was impressive last week. Uh, they were. Uh, Defensively, they were impressive last week. And Nick Chubb. They were playing against a one-legged man okay. in Joe Burrow. All right. Is Matt, <laughs> in a monsoon. Does Matt Canada in one week figure out what he's no, doing? Okay. But the go. Steelers do have athletes, so maybe somebody will make a play. The defense is really good. I, I think the defense is outstanding. Now, uh, you got Cameron Hayward, who is out with – he had groin surgery, yeah. so he's out. That definitely is is going to hurt the Steelers up front on the defensive line in front seven. But they still got T.J. Watt. They got um, Alex Highsmith, who they get after the quarterback. So I'm, I'm not too concerned. And then you still got Minka Fitzpatrick, who is one of my favorite uh, safeties in the league. So I, defensively, I, I'm – I'm okay with what the Steelers are bringing to the table. Offensively, <laughs> offensively, you let me know. When when you know, I'll know. Because I do not know what they're going to do offensively. Are they going to get under center and run the ball downhill? Are they going to find a way to do more than just shallow crosses and deep routes? Because that feels to me like the only pass plays is like cross, we call mesh, or go. Mm-hmm. Mesh or go. He had looking at his play sheet, he bring paper, man, right? <laughs> Brings out the paper. Do I want to go mesh or do I want to go go? <laughs> mesh! Like, what are we doing, man? Give me some route combinations. Give me some guys that are finding open zones and getting open and making plays downfield, particularly over the middle of the field. Pat Fryermuth is a really good tight end. Give him a chance. Yeah. And if they do that, I think Kenny Pickett could be okay but until they do that this stiller fan is going to be frustrated i don't blame him and most of the time i think it's mesh by the way (laughs) (laughs) just keep going with those crossers it'll pop open yeah it won't won't. (laughs) i mean they don't respect the run either linebackers are sitting on you all right uh i do think the steelers win a tight one though uh, I, I got I, a feeling. I, I, I do too. I don't know. I I think I respect Cleveland. I think Cleveland's better than we thought. But I just I, I think Deshaun Magic has kind of uh, went away. Yeah, don't look good. All right, that's a great. We're the great guys here in the, uh, on the uh, 101 ESPN uh, broadcast space. Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion. I'm Anthony Stolch. Appreciate everybody tuned in. We did not do a prediction thing yesterday, or a prediction podcast last week, I should say. We'll try it again this week uh, if our schedules allow. But for Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stolch. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Guys podcast with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Anthony Stalter. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out the Gridiron Guys podcast page at 101ESPN.com.